Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Digital Marketeer. I'm your host, Stephanie Beach, and today I'm with Fritz Frazier, Strategic Accounts at Human. Hi, Fritz. Thanks for joining. How are you? Hello. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. You know, I'm very excited to have you on today. Would you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name's Frith Fraser. I, I grew up in the countryside in Wales. I studied maths at Edinburgh and then joined AOL straight out of university. Didn't quite know what I was getting myself into. But then kind of moving forward was Media Math, RIPs, first hire in London, um, building out the account division across Europe and Asia. And then into my late 20s, was I had the opportunity to launch our APAC office in Singapore for Media Math, which was, which was good fun living over there. Um, and then really held a, held a couple more positions at Media Math in New York before finding my way to human, which now I work here on strategic accounts. I think I wanted still to be connected to ad tech. I think my interests, my background, the network, better, better parties and events, um, <laughs> but also kind of wanted to pivot industries a little bit. And I think the fraud and cyberspace is really interesting and exciting. And, and that's kind of how I ended up at human. Awesome. And can you give a little bit of background of who and what human is, what you guys offer and how, you know, how it plays a role in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So human at the core is a really a cybersecurity company. And I think kind of how it started is an interesting story about how we kind of play today in the ad tech space. So when the company started about 10 years ago, they were kind of looking at um, bot detection and where the greatest impact was. And I think what they found is that digital advertising was an area which was kind of the lowest effort, highest reward for fraudsters. So that was an area in which there was a lot of kind of fraudulent activity happening and there wasn't much happening in that space. Whereas other areas like IP theft or identity theft, things like that were potentially kind of more effort and maybe also high reward. Really fraudsters just got in the door and that's really why billions of dollars were and are still being stolen from brands, publishers, advertising technologies each year. Um, and huge amounts are, are being stolen. So that's kind of how it started. And then I suppose kind of going into today. So now the human defense platform covers a range of different kind of use cases out there. Things from like account takeovers, payment fraud, scraping, data contamination, alongside all the kind of more advertising and marketing based use cases, such as malvertising, um, marketing fraud, IVT, um, for example. So it kind of now we cover a huge, huge rate of things. And I think I think what I find interesting about that kind of different bunch of use cases is we rarely see a fraudster just once. Fraud schemes are so interconnected. So given we protect lots of different industries and disciplines, think e-commerce, marketing, finance, what it allows us to do is really safeguard us from all evolving threats out there. Yeah, and human and your company plays such a really important role because fraud is really out there. And, and as you said, like the evolution and giving that little recap, it's very interesting in how sophisticated the fraudsters, so to speak, are getting and how, you know, once you think that you're catching them or we think we've got it and, and how to catch them and how to detect them, they're kind of spinning back into, you know, our atmospheres in a different way gaining access to different things. And so with privacy as a big concern and with um, more data out there and more people online than ever, I feel like this is very important and something that a lot of people are looking to invest in, but sometimes don't really understand 
how or why or what to do. So, you know, who are some of your clients and and what would be, you know, an ideal user for you guys? And and how do you kind of find those people that need you the most, but maybe don't really understand why or how or that you might even exist? Yeah, no, definitely. So today we work with over 85% of all the programmatic ecosystems. So all major players and users, DSPs, SSPs, ad servers, even SSAIs and publishers. So across kind of the programmatic ecosystem, we really are in the in the core there. And then I'll quickly mention our kind of a more of our enterprise side of the business. Over that side, we protect all major e-commerce, finance, music, entertainment companies. So a huge kind of um, mix of, of, of companies there as well. One thing I find quite interesting in in today's kind of landscape is that we have kind of strong footprint in marketing or in advertising, and we also have one in e-commerce. I think this rise in retail media networks is is an interesting other kind of unique spot in which we're in because of the data set that we get from both parts. And from that can really understand where fraud sits within the data that sits within a retail media network, and then also the media that sits within the retail media network whether or not that's owned or whether that's procured. So that's kind of an, an interesting kind of example of how kind of our two sides of our business comes together and kind of what a range of clients that, that use our, our platform. What are some of the solutions that you provide for those various clients and how do you choose which is the best for who? You know, I yeah. mean, I guess everyone kind of has their own concerns and, you know, every site or type of business is different, but you know, what are the solutions that you put forth to be able to kind of cover, I guess, any scenario? Yeah, absolutely. So I think kind of within our industry, human really provides our main main product really is pre and post bid IVT and ad fraud protection. So that's kind of really one of our core kind of foundational products. Um, other things within the marketing space is, is, is malvertising products, also marketing fraud. For example, lead gen is, 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 is a huge fraud vector and people can get in there and, and take a piece of the pie. And then I also think other things are data contamination. And I think that's really interesting right now. I think with a rise of businesses and technologies around first-party data, think clean rooms, CDPs, retail media networks, I think uh, data contamination is another solution that I think is really relevant to the, the marketing industry. And then I think the last one kind of covering more agency or brand levels is really, okay, how can you get a better transparency over what you are buying out in market and therefore providing solutions to the brand and the agency themselves to have better transparency into what they're buying because they may be relying on multiple different platforms um, and how can they have better control of actually understanding what's going on. Yeah, it's very interesting, especially as you were talking about with the data stuff, like I mentioned earlier, data cookies going away. First party data is at the forefront of every conversation in our industry. I feel like we've been talking about privacy and data for the last five years nonstop. I don't really know if there's that much new information, but there's definitely new companies that are coming out that are figuring out ways to monetize data, clean data, you know, keep your data safe. So talking about contaminated data isn't something that we hear all that often either. And I don't know if it's really something that people have at the forefront of their minds especially smaller businesses, right? I think smaller businesses that are trying to figure out how to navigate what's what's going to be happening next year with, with the deprecation of the cookie is what do, what do I put in place and, and how do I know that it's safe? And so, 
you know, maybe talking a little bit more about that solution. How are you guys putting that at the forefront of what's happening in the industry right now in order to make sure that people kind of understand the importance of it? Yeah, when I think about kind of data contamination, I always think got to start, how does the data enter the the site or the the brand or the advertiser or whoever it may be? So I think it's kind of really going back to the start and thinking, okay, you're building segments, whether that's kind of audience segments or you're doing particular modeling or lookalike modeling or or different kind of things with that data. Maybe you're using it for attribution, multiple different things you're doing with this rich first party data. It's like, okay, so how did I get it? Where did it come from? And I think then it's asking the questions, okay, how am I sure that that data that that is really, really powerful that I'm needing to use is actually what it says it is? Is it is it actually a human or could it be stolen credentials or could it be a human trying to be a different human? Because realistically, you want the people in those segments to be people who you actually want engaged with um, your brand and, and potentially it's not. And that's really kind of how I look at kind of data contamination is it's getting into onto a site somehow and then it's getting filtered into CRM systems or CDPs or whatever. And it's ensuring that as it moves forward, that it is actually who you, you think it is. Interesting. And so how do some of your, your solutions compare to your competitors? And, you know, you're working with 85% of the industry, so to speak. That's that's great. And, and being at, you know, the forefront of the DSPs and the SSPs are, I think, a really smart move and very important to be there. So, you know, how do you compare to the competitors out there? And is there room for clients to work with you and somebody else? Or is there a need for something like that? Or do you typically just pick a partner and stick with that partner? Yeah, so I think how I look at that is looking at kind of like what our core kind of offering is. And that really is around removing bots, fraud defense. And that really is our core property. And that's what we're trying to solve for. There are other competitors or people in our set that potentially may be solving additional things as well. But we're really focusing on this as our core proposition, um, as as understands it's really important. So we really double down on that. And that's all our focus. So I think then kind of talking about, okay, so what's unique or cool about human, given our focus on that, And I think the area that kind of jumped out to me when I joined the company and still I find super interesting and a super smart group of people that I work with is our kind of threat intelligent team. Um, And their really goal is to find the bad stuff out there and and, um, work on disrupting it and taking it down. Um, So we do multiple takedowns and actually not just blocking it, but removing it is really core to, to our business. One takedown we did, we worked with the FBI Um, Google, Facebook, and a host of other organizations to take down a a super large botnet Um, and actually concluded with a guilty verdict and an imprisonment of the operations ringleader. So I think that shows that we're not just a technology that's like in the bitstream blocking stuff. We are doing more to try and remove cybercrime. And uh, I think that's really crucial. I think blocking it's half half of it, but truly removing it is is where you're going to really stop it from happening again and again and again. Yeah, that's really cool and interesting um, because, yes, removing it for the time being or or blocking it from your specific site or advertiser data, whatever it might be, is great, but they're just going to go do it to somebody else or they're going to be more sophisticated next time they try to target you, right? So right. it's really interesting about kind of removing it in its entirety from the internet, which seems kind of crazy to think about, right? 
um, with how vast and how large and how big the internet is. I find that very fascinating and interesting that you're able to work with in a different capacity with these, with these, you know, the FBI and governmental companies and, and large corporations to be able to stop some of this, you know, um, some of these threats and 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 some of this fraud that's happening. And mm-hmm. so I guess that kind of brings us to my next question and why is this so important and why is cybersecurity um, something that people really need to take into consideration? And it's not just back in the day where you would get a new computer and download, you know, Microsoft software and, and uh, antivirus and, and and all of that. It's It's much more sophisticated in really ensuring that your data and your privacy is safe and that you're not leaking information that can really kind of destroy people's lives. So I think you break this into two parts. You can break it into kind of like the industry and then you personally, because people are obviously thinking about this in relation to their job, but they're also thinking about it in relation to them personally and how they're going about their day-to-day life each day. So I think in relation to kind of advertising and marketing, I, I think realistically, a lot of pe- people or a lot of listeners will have media budgets that are probably shrinking, like resources getting tighter, pressure for results is higher. And if you knew that, say, 20 or 30 percent, for example, of your budgets are being wasted from the ad not being seen by a human or fake lead gen, for example, you kind of are like, damn, I wish I could focus that cash on areas that actually worked. And this is where kind of using um, products like ours can help ensure that your budgets are going to the right places. So I think that's kind of an example from kind of the industry we're in. But then I think I think people are interested in, in cybersecurity from themselves as well. And and again, people listening, multiple companies that we'll use on a day-to-day basis, whether that's to buy clothes or goods, deposit money, buy tickets, stream music, is being protected by us. And I think people like to know that your data is secure and your user experience is not damaged. Um, and that the the sites that you're actively providing data, putting in credit card details are protected. And, and that's really key to our business as well. And, you know, how does some of what you're you're putting forth and some of the tools that you're developing really bring an ease to those that are concerned with private privacy and all of the legislation that's happening? You know, when you look at mass media and what's being portrayed on the news, it's scary. You know, you're you're hearing about them talking about privacy and all of this stuff. Um, we're in the industry, we kind of understand it. And I watched those new segments and was just like, oh my gosh, like seriously. Mm-hmm. But people that don't understand, you know, I could see how they fall into the trap of being really concerned. So how does this kind of ease some of those concerns? And how do you kind of talk to your prospects about, you know, adopting something like this and, and how it can kind of improve their overall experience and ease their privacy issues. So I think that goes a lot down to the end user. Like the end user is is really important for the client we're speaking to. Like they want to make, they want to delight their customers. They want to make sure their customers are happy. And therefore the, the products and services that we 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 give um, really are there to help that, to ensure that the end end client is feeling protected, feeling happy and feeling that the information that they do give is, is being kept in a safe environment and uh, the they're not on products or softwares with other users that may actually not be human. So I think I think that's definitely kind of a key key part to it. And I think the other thing really that I think is really important is the dynamics between privacy and security. I think that sometimes people there's a lot of 
talk about privacy, as as you said, and and therefore people get concerned about what they're sharing or what they can share. I think it's really important, and the industry is doing great things around privacy to ensure that people are protected. And given that the technology industry is moving so fast, we need to be ahead of that because user rights could just get out of control. So privacy is really, really important that though. Though saying that, security is equally important and security requires signal or data to be able to do its job. So what's important is making sure is that the right data is being able to be used for security use cases so that companies like ourselves can continue to do what we do to protect the internet uh, and to remove bad actors. So it is that difference about understanding where your data is going and in being sure that it's the data, that certain data is still used for things that it needs to be used for, such as security. Very interesting. And so earlier you mentioned having pre-bid fraud detection and and post-bid fraud detection. How do each of those work and how do you, you, you know, what do you feel might be more effective or what are you ca- use cases for each? Makes sense. So I think if you're a, so this is very much kind of within the digital advertising sphere, our pre and post-bid technology. So if you're a platform or you're anything within an ad call, definitely pre-bid. Um, so our technology is called MediaGuard. It's implemented as a real-time server-to-server API. And all that you do is call our API and we will provide a bottom-up prediction in less than 10 milliseconds. So that is really, if you are within the programmatic bidding infrastructure, that is 100% what we advise as it will then be removing it rather than kind of the post-bid, which is obviously getting results after. Saying that though, if, if you're say an agency or a brand, you, you may not actually have the bidding technology, you'll be relying on other partners. So then for that situation, what we do advise is, is more of the post-bid where you implement some code within the creative for you to be able to get reporting into where your ads subject to a threat of some sort um, and understand kind of what sort of threat that would be. And what are some of the new threats? You know, I know we're used to bots and malware and phishing and things like that. But what are some of the new sophisticated threats that are now happening in um, the cyber world? So I think it, with it, so within the advertising space, I think it kind of like fraudsters follow cash and as CPMs increase, think about kind of um, going into um, CTV or audio or, or gaming or other areas, and there's less signal and there's less kind of development in those areas, that really allows fraudsters to kind of get in there and take a piece of the pie. So that's kind of what we see a lot at the moment in our kind of threats that we are taking down is is people trying to get into emerging media areas. Um, so I think one uh, good example of this was... Uh, our latest threat, which was called Vast Flux. So this operation peaked at about 12 million, sorry, 12 billion fraudulent ad requests in one day with over 11 million devices running ads, which were targeted by Vast Flux. So what would happen was Vast Flux could stack as many as 25 ads on top of each other and that would get paid for every single one, but none would actually be shown or none would be seen by human eyes. So that's kind of our latest threat that we, we... we stopped at the beginning of this year. And that was like a year long process of them continually adapting and changing and us really having to understand what they were doing to fully remove it out of the market. That's um, amazing and crazy to think that many 
like that's a big number, yeah, right? Huge that's, number. that's a huge number. And that's a long time for you guys to be trying to figure out and follow and and find them, scrape them off the internet, I guess, for for you know, lack of better language. How, you know, is that common? Like how often are you guys finding these new threats and then coming up with or developing a new tool or a way to combat them? Like, you know, I think being able to find them is one thing and then being able to get them off the internet, you know, is definitely something else, but it all has to really kind of start with figuring out what the threat is and and how to go after them, right? Definitely. So we, we, we find multiple a year. Um, some are publicized, some are not. We had a really large one in CTV, which kind of top level is bots pretending to be millions of people watching smart TVs. They did this by infecting apps and showing ads to be premium TV content when it wasn't. So that's like another kind of emerging area. So lots of different things we're seeing. And I think, okay, so how we are trying to combat this. So I think the, the main thing is our ever-growing data set and our methods to um, understand signal and, and understand patterns out there in, in the ecosystem. We see about 20 trillion interactions a week. So wow. a huge, huge, huge amount of volume definitely kind of the most out there in the market and really that data set really is the core and then the the detection research threat intelligence teams that sit on top providing the analysis and understanding the patterns out there to combat those threats so data is really kind of the core of it and then the the algorithms that sit on top of that and how we kind of um, change our models to, as we find new things coming in so I think that's that's key in terms of how we're trying to combat it, just the, the methods we use with the sheer data that we have. And then I think the other one is thinking about the industry as a whole. So how can the industry come together better to align on standards, implement standards, as if we can have more aligned data passing through the programmatic ecosystem, it's easier to then be able to understand when uh, someone could come in and uh, defraud it. Um, so it definitely is also kind of collective protection and the in industry coming together to beat kind of si si like add cybercrime as a whole is also really key. And we work very closely with all our partners on that. Yeah, this is so fascinating to me as well. I think more so because it hits so many people and it affects so many people without us even really knowing. And, you know, with data evolving and becoming more mainstream, becoming more of a valued commodity, and it's really going to be the focus of our industry and how we target, right? Like our audience targeting is going to be really dependent on the richness of the data and the information that we have of our users. So, you know, how can we be confident that that's not going to be co contaminated and how could we proactively work towards having clean data? What what are some of the things that maybe clients can do uh, or think about when they're moving to first-party data strategies to really combat some of this? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, it goes back really to understanding where, where your data is from. So where where is your data coming from? And that, and that may involve um, speaking to different parts of your business. So a CMO might have um, control over marketing budgets and, and therefore have a set of data it's using to um, come out with strategies, but maybe they need to speak to the CISO or the, the head of like IT to understand what protections do we have in site to ensure that what we're getting coming onto site that then filters into our data systems is actually clean. So I think there is kind of the opening of security 
across a company, opening those conversations is really, really important. And understanding that marketing and advertising has a connection with security and data and therefore does need to be all interlinked. Um, I think that's that, that's um, definitely core to what people need to start thinking about and doing. And so what are some of the reporting metrics that human allows or provides to kind of really understand what's happening? And, you know, are some of those metrics that are provided extracting actionable insights to be able to help improve upon privacy and um, security? Yeah, absolutely. So I think core reporting we'd be able to give is, is kind of what sort of an invalid traffic is it? Is it sophisticated? Is it general? And then breaking it down into actually what is the kind of underlying reason for it. So that's kind of like top level in terms of the reporting that we give and understand the volume. So then you can take kind of action on, on that data and, and, and do what you want to do with it to ensure that you're removing it from your company. Sorry, I didn't answer that question very well at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, I was doing well. No, you are doing well. I was well. on a run. Don't worry about it. And what do you think is in the future for human? And what do you think is in the future for combating digital fraud? I think it's not going away, that's for sure. And there's just going to be more and more and more opportunities for bots to get in there. I had a really interesting conversation in Cannes regarding bots in AI. AI was obviously a hot topic there. And I do think that's really interesting because the, the more automation that's happening, I mean, in some ways they are bots doing it. And then there's very easy for bad bots to infiltrate into that. So you could have two bad bots kind of communicating with, with each other. Um, and in in the wherever that is happening, there could be ads being shown there, but no one's actually seeing them. So I think how bots are going to infiltrate into AI is, is, is interesting. That's kind of like down down the line. And then I think kind of, I think more near term, I think especially within the digital advertising space, I think the core areas that I think need to be kind of um, watched and protected and, and having a look at and understanding what's going on there is as you emerge into new um, advertising formats. Um, I mentioned CTV is already there, but there's still loads that can be done there. Um, going into gaming, audio, music, streaming, all that, there is, there is, there is so much kind of opportunity for fraud to attack that and therefore having a partner that's clued up on it and can help you is really 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 important um so that's so that's kind of that area and then as, as I mentioned as well the the data part of advertising a lot of people potentially are aware of what they're doing to protect their media maybe not in those emerging formats that I said but probably feel relatively comfortable kind of in say their display but have they asked the questions around their data have they asked the questions around um, is our data contaminated? Are the segments that I am creating actually who I who I think they are, or are they full of the the users that we think should be in there? Yeah, definitely. And Human was named one of Time's hundred most influential companies for 2023. So that was a huge accomplishment. Congratulations for that. Um, and with all that you guys are doing in the industry and all the companies you're working with, I guess we really shouldn't be surprised, but I did want to kind of just note that. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was really great. I saw that and, um, it put a smile on my face, especially knowing that this was coming up. So um, congratulations on, on that big win. Um, it's quite the accomplishment. And so, you know, I always like to end our segments with two fun questions. So Frith, what was your first job? 
Okay, so my first job. Um, so I grew up quite randomly in the largest secondhand bookshop town in the world. Wow. Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty random. There's a lot of large seconds in there. It's called Hey on Why. And it had a big literacy festival every year. And this is a very small kind of farmer's town in Wales. Not much happens. And suddenly hundreds of thousands of people come. And I worked on the box office there, which was super fun. It was fast paced. You met really interesting people that were highly inspiring. So that was my first job. That's so fun. And if you could do anything in the world, money is no issue, being someplace or having skills isn't an issue, what would you do and why? I think it's a toss up. I'd either say a lavender farmer or a surf instructor. Wow, those are very different and um, <laughs> not answers I have gotten so far, but a lavender far farmer, that's that's interesting. Do you grow lavender? Do you enjoy doing that? a really peaceful career <laughs> and it would be beautiful it would and be very you'd beautiful. be in a lovely place with a nice view and I think there's something that's calming around it <laughs> very nice and surfing is always very fun it's something I've always wanted to do um I've never have done it before do you surf regularly I do, I do surf yes and um do have friends who kind of have given up their careers and they were doing kind of big jobs as like creative directors or whatever and, and teach surfing and they have very happy lives so sometimes you're like wow maybe maybe the simple life is the way forward yeah seriously especially in our industry it's always go 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 um well you thank you again bots. yeah seriously especially with those bots right yeah, um, stop bots, so not not leaving it for a while that's <laughs> Well, thank you so much again, Frith. Um, can you just tell our listeners where they could find you if they're interested in working with you or have additional questions? Absolutely. So Frith Fraser, not like Fraser S, not with an I like the TV show. So just Frith Fraser on LinkedIn. I think there's just me. So you should be able to find me there. Um, if not, it's frith.fraser at humansecurity.com. Wonderful. Thank you again so much. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.